If you brought a Bible with you today, please turn to James, the first chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible, the ushers are there in the aisle. Hold up your hand. They'd be glad to let you use one of ours. And turn to James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. And the 22nd verse. James 1.22 says, But be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Read that out loud with me. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Why would the Lord tell us about this? Unless it's an issue that a lot of people are hearing and not doing. You can hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. That doesn't mean you've done anything. I know uh, years ago, this must have been 10, 15 years ago, about 15 years ago or so, I was in a conference. Not the speaker that night, but just attending. And uh, I looked out and it was a great crowd of people. I saw some minister friends and, and people that I knew and, and and I was just looking around, being happy, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me, the way he'll speak to every Christian, if you'll listen. He said to me, he said, there's a misconception in your circles. I knew he's talking about those of us that call ourselves faith people, word people. I thought, a misconception? What is it, Lord? What is the misconception? Again, not an audible voice, but inside me, he spoke to my heart. He said that. You believe that if you'll, quote, get in the word enough, it'll solve your problems and straighten out your life. I thought, uh, yeah, we pretty much believe that. He said, wrong. It's only the doer of the word that gets results. And it set me on this course of thinking that we're on today, those years back, I stirred myself up to think, wow, uh, that is, that's subtle. That's just like the devil, isn't it? To think, well, oh man, we're hearing all this good word. This will straighten us up and fix our life. No, it won't. The only word that's going to work in your life is the word you practice. The word you do. The word you implement. Are y'all with me, friends? You can hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. And if you don't do it, what condition will you wind up in, according to that verse? Self-deceived. Deceived means you're believing some, you're believing a lie is true. You believe this is true, but it's not. You're not pretending it's true. You believe it's true. You're deceived. And who deceived you? You can't even say the devil deceived you. Who deceived you? You deceived yourself. And how did you deceive yourself? By not doing what you heard. Now, the heard here, the hearing, implies seeing. As we've said before, another way of saying be a doer of the word is to say walk in the light. Because you can't walk in the light you don't see. People even use the exact terminology. When they hear something and they get it, many times they'll say, I see that. 
They're not talking about something they're seeing with their physical eyes. I see that. Well, you really do see it. It's spiritual seeing. But when you see it, it's not just for you to rejoice and say, I saw it. And to make some notes or to tell somebody else that you saw it. The light is not just to receive. The light is to walk in. We're supposed to do something with it. In uh, Ezekiel, let me read this to you again. Ezekiel 33 and 30. He said, Son of man, the children of your people are still talking against you by the walls and the doors of the house. They speak one to another. Everyone is saying to his brother, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that comes forth from the Lord. They all want to come and hear the word. That sounds good. But the rest of it's not good. They come to you as the people cometh, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear your words. Looks and sounds like a fine church. But, what? They will not do them. They won't. With their mouth they show forth much glove, but their heart goes after their covetousness. They are self-centered and self-absorbed and are not doing the word. Verse 32, Lo, you are, you are unto them as a very lovely song of one that has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. They're coming and listening as though it were entertainment. They're listening like they are at a concert. They're listening and watching like they were at a uh, a play or a movie. Because this is just for my benefit to see and hear something. No, it's to do something. We are to hear something and we are to see something. But while we're hearing and seeing, we're supposed to be thinking, okay, now how does this change my life? I need to change, I need to stop this, I need to start this, I need to do less of this, I need to do more of that, I need to change that totally, I need to increase that. Are y'all with me? And if you hear and hear and hear and there are never any changes made in your life, you are a hearer only, you're not a doer, and so you won't have miracles and you won't get results. And the thing is, you can be faithful going to church and you can have closets full of CDs and DVDs and books and you can have them marked up with four different color highlighters and books and books of notes and 13 years later still got the same problem that you had. And you're thinking, well, what's, wonder what's the problem is? Man, I've been in the Word for 13 years. That don't mean you're a doer. Are y'all with me, friends? I can quote 15 scriptures on that very subject. Quote them verbatim. That don't make you a doer. Are y'all with me, friends? You can know a lot of stuff doesn't make you a doer. That's that's what confuses and um, annoys a number of people. Because you'll see people that have been coming to church and they are churchy. I mean the lingo, the look, the language, as I was saying. Man, they can quote the King James and three other uh, translations verbatim and, and the Greek definitions and Hebrew definitions and Chaldean and Aramaic and Spurgeons and Strongs and Vines. And, 
And yet, they hadn't got results in this area of their life for the last 15 years. And here comes uh, somebody that's just a rank sinner two months ago. And they come and, and get a miracle. In that area that they've been struggling with for all these years. And they're thinking, now hold on here. Wait just a minute. No, it's not hard to figure out. They just did it. You're still talking about it. The word works for everybody. In everybody's life. But not just because you were. Put a Bible under your pillow. Sleep on it. Have a room full of materials. or You have perfect service attendance. Or No, tell me who gets miracles. Tell me, tell me. Who gets results? Who gets only the doer of the Word of God? Go with me, if you would, to the uh, book of Psalms. The book of Psalms today. Let's talk further about this. We had said that being a doer of the word can also be described as walking in the light. Walking in the light because the entrance of his word gives light. And the proper response to light is not to say glory, hallelujah, I see the light. But to what? Walk in the light. Tell me what light is for. Light is not just for seeing. It is for seeing. But what else is supposed to happen once you see? Light is for walking in. Walking in the light. And in uh, Psalm 89, 89 and 15, you will see an initial indicator that a person, yourself or anybody else, is seeing light. Psalm 89, 15 said, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Somebody say the joyful sound. sound. Say it again, the joyful sound. They shall walk, walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Is there a connection between walking in the light and the joyful sound? Obviously there is. In Proverbs, the 13th chapter, Proverbs 13 and 9, 13, 9 says, The light of the righteous does what? Rejoices. What does the light do? Rejoices. But the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Proverbs 15.30. Get this top phrase here. What does it say? The light of the eyes. What does it do? It rejoices the heart. And a good report. A good report is a joyful sound. And what will it do? It makes your insides, your bones, fat. Fat bones are good. <laughs> you, you may not want everything fat, but you don't want skinny, weak bones. You want fat bones. And there's other things that's good fat. Fat 
checking account. Fat savings account. Fat pocketbook, right? Fat has to do with excess, abundance, blessings. And what makes the bones fat? Good report. And that's coupled with the light of the eyes. I want you to say that top uh, phrase, sentence out loud with me a couple of times. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. Say that again. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. One more time. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. When the light comes in, the heart rejoices. Every time. Every time. I joke about Phyllis. It's kind of, I tell her that I think her eyelids are connected to the landing gear switch. We take off in the plane. If we're going somewhere. The wheels come up. Her eyelids go down. I think that's time for her to sleep while I work. And that's just fine and good. But here's a connection. When the light comes in, the heart rejoices. They're connected. It's connected. When the light comes into the eyes and into the, the spirit, the heart rejoices every time. Come on now, if you've walked with the Lord any length of time and you've seen any good thing out of the Word, you know this is true. Didn't it cause you to rejoice? When you thought, ooh, I see that. Oh, ooh, I see that. I hope you haven't been coming to this church any length of time and can never say that. You should be see- we should be seeing some things, right? I mean, if I'm doing my job at all, you ought to be seeing something. And if it is from the Lord, it makes your heart rejoice. Just makes your heart come up with joy and you go, oh, glory to God, glory to God. I see it. I see it. I remember the first time I saw Galatians 3.13. We'd been redeemed from the curse of the law. I heard somebody preach them, never heard anything like that in my life. And they took us over to Deuteronomy 28 and talked about the curse of the law. Included being sick, it included being broke, included being depressed and down and all this other stuff. And then that Christ has redeemed us from all of that. I thought, glory to God. I got excited. I got excited. I got, hadn't got over it yet. Why? When the light comes, the heart rejoices every time. I know the Lord spoke to me about, I had the privilege of working at the healing school over at uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years. And uh, as a young, inexperienced minister, uh, people would come, and uh, sometimes uh, they'd tell me their problem, and I'd go to quote a scripture, and they'd finish it for me, and tell me two other ones. And and uh, one fellow told me, I, I started to quote First Peter 2.24 to him, you know, well, the Bible says, you know, by his stripes, he said, I know, uh, ye were healed. And he said, Isaiah 53. And he quoted that to me in Matthew 8, 17. And he said, you know, uh, I was following Brother Hagin's ministry while your mom was changing your diaper. And I wanted to say, well, if you know so much, why are you here trying to get help from a young whippersnapper like me? But I didn't say that. <laughs> I just smiled and, and said, Lord, I, I need to learn some things because, I, you know, I, I kept thinking, well, these guys already know this. I need to find something else. I, I, you know, what else can I tell them? So I I try to find other scriptures and try to find other things. And and, and uh, the Lord got a hold of me one day. And again, I don't mean to hurt a voice, but He said, "Son, they don't need to hear anything else." 
He said there's enough power in 1 Peter 2.24 to heal everybody of everything and anything that could ever be. You don't have to find a new verse. I thought, well, that's got to be so, certainly. He said, this is it. If somebody's upset, if they're down, if they're depressed, if they're hopeless, and you give them the word and they remain hopeless after hearing the word, they don't believe that word. Don't care if they've known it and quoted it for decades. They don't believe that word. And so listen, you share the word with somebody and they look at you and, they, and when you get through that, like they didn't even hear it and, and they're still crying and they're still upset. They don't believe that word. You don't need to find another scripture. The problem is not with the word. The problem is unbelief. Because when you see it and when you believe it, tell me the response every time. Every time it'll rejoice your heart. You'll go glory to by his stripes. I'm healed. Glory to God. (laughs) Well, then that's it. That's it. (laughs) But if you're going, got any other scriptures? (laughs) I know that. I've been knowing that long time. Well, just because you know it doesn't mean it's light to you. And certainly doesn't mean you believe it. Doesn't mean you're doing anything with it. And it's not the hearer only. It's the doer. Not just seeing the light. But what else? Walking in the light that you see. Can you say praise God? Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the light. Now, sometimes people will try to say this. They'll say, well, you know, I, I got joy in here, but I, I just don't show it very much. <laughs> uh, eh. <laughs> Sorry, wrong answer. Simply not true. Proverbs fifteen thirteen. Let me explain that to you. Proverbs fifteen thirteen tells it like this. What does it say? A merry heart can be effectively hidden. by more reserved types may not be detected. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. A merry heart maketh, makes, makes a what? Where's your countenance? In your face. Sometimes the same words translated presence, face, countenance. Face. You got enough joy working in there? It's going to register on your face where we can see it. (laughs) Every time. A merry heart makes, makes, makes a cheerful, full of cheer countenance. (laughs) If you're all deadpan and sad, it's because there ain't enough in here. Not because it's there, but you're just not letting it out. (laughs) It ain't there. It can be there. Needs to be there. If you let it be there. People ask us, you know, why do y'all have to get so loud? You know, see that sometimes people are dancing and shouting and waving at me. Is is all that really necessary? (laughs) I don't know how necessary it is, but I know this. You get full enough, it'll come out. And if nothing's coming out, you ain't full enough. Period. 
That's not my idea. A merry heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. It comes out. And in the abundance of merry joy. Heart makes the countenance. Cheerful. 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 But by sorrow of the heart. What happens? Man the spirit. Is broken. That's how you go down and stay down. Broken spirit. Friends, sorrow and grief and depression will take you down and out. You must not yield to it. We were talking earlier about resisting stuff. You must resist it. Don't give place to it. Feelings come to all of us. One of the signs of immaturity is talking about how you feel. You hear somebody talking about, you know, I feel this way, or, oh, I feel good, or, I just don't feel that good today, or, I feel, well, I felt better yesterday, but I guess maybe tomorrow I'll feel, and I feel, I feel, that is being spiritually a baby. A mature spiritual person doesn't talk about how you feel. You've learned better. Did y'all not know that? Stop talking about how you feel. It hinders you. It opens the door to problems. Well, I just, I just feel like they don't really care about me. I just, I just feel like, I feel like, hush. The just shall walk by, not feelings, faith. Faith. Your feelings will cause you to be a yo-yo. Do you know that? I don't care who you are. Oh dear me. If I yielded to every feeling that came across my emotions or mind or soul, probably wouldn't be talking to you this morning. I could just say, I don't feel like staying up all night looking at a thousand scriptures. I don't feel like. And I don't think some of them like me too much. I just didn't feel comfortable the way they looked at me. (laughs) And they wrote me that ugly letter from TV land and made me feel bad. And I just, I don't feel like doing it again. I don't feel, brother. If you want to be a baby the rest of your life, then think about and talk about and yield to how you feel. And you'll ruin your relationships. You'll ruin your family. You'll mess up your career. You'll destroy your ministry. You'll be sick in your body. Did you hear me? You'll be depressed in your mind. Who was it? Brother uh, Lester Summerall, I think, made the mistake one time. I asked him, Brother uh, Wigglesworth, how he felt one day. How do you feel? Said he bellowed and said, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You don't ask yourself. Oh, it's asking for trouble to ask yourself, how do I feel today? 
You tell yourself, you are. I don't care how you feel. You're forgiven. You're cleansed. You're the righteousness of God in Christ, no matter how you feel. I don't care how you feel. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You are an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. Your faith is the victory that overcomes the world. No matter how you feel. You're healed by stripes. You're going to live long. You're going to live strong. No matter how I feel. God's bringing me into the best shape of my life. I'm paying off every debt. I'm getting in the best shape no matter how I feel. Because you see a bunch of unpaid bills, you might have a wrong feeling. <laughs> Creditors call you, you might not feel just wonderful when you hang up. And if you meditate on how you feel, you're going down, you're going down, going down. Come on now, friends, a lot of you already knew this, but you hadn't been doing it. You've been yielding to your stupid feelings. Now come on. Straighten up. Fly right. Grow up. Talk right. (laughs) I'm not saying this for my benefit. I'm saying this for your benefit and all the people that have to live with you. (laughs) And they all said, Amen. Yeah. Please, please stop talking about how you feel. <laughs> Whoo, glory. Go with me, please, to the book of Mark. <laughs> Didn't intend to say all that, but here we are. Not taking it back, no matter how I feel. <laughs> Mark 10. That is how the devil is defeating millions, isn't it? How they feel. You know better, right? And you're going to do better. I said you're going to do better. We're talking about walking in the light you have. You just heard some things. Hmm? Whether you heard it the first time or the 30th time, you know it. You see it. What you going to do? You're going you gonna to be a hearer only and deceive yourself and kid yourself? Are you going to be a doer of the word? Being a doer of that word would mean what? You stop talking and thinking about how you feel all the time. You just stop it. You act on this word. How many believe the Lord would give us what we need? And if we would do it, it would change our life. That's what he's doing. Sometimes it's not as spectacular as what people are looking for, but it is the word that you needed. That was it. What we just got through with is a word from God for people in this building and people watching by the internet. They've been praying. They've been looking. Some even been fasting. Here it is. That's it. Quit talking about. Quit thinking about how you feel. That's the word of the Lord. Quit. And if you'll do that and start talking faith instead of how you feel, friend, your life will change. Your life will change. Glory to God. Just like bits and reins can steer a giant horse. Just like a little uh, rudder on a ship can turn that whole big ship even in a storm. Mm -hmm. You start saying faith words instead of how you feel. It will turn your life around. That's the Bible. That's James. Isn't it? Mark 10. Are you there? Mark 10. We see an example 
of uh, the light and receiving or rejecting the light. In this uh, 10th chapter of Mark, the rich young ruler came to Jesus. And the Bible said this is how he came in verse 17. Mark 10, 17. When Jesus was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He came running to him. He says, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Does he have any light? He must have some light for him to know this was the thing to be excited about and Jesus was the one to come to. He has some light. Can you see some excitement about him? He's running. I mean, if you don't want to get somewhere, you go slow. <laughs> Try to make it take longer, but he is, he runs to Jesus. He proclaims, good master. I submit to you, there is an excitement about him, in him, from the light that he's received. We know from other scripture that he has had an interest in the things of God and in the word of God. And he's endeavored to do the Ten Commandments and to live a righteous life. And then he's found out about Jesus and he's heard and seen those things. And he is excited that we are there. We have found it's available here to step on into eternal life. And uh, Jesus asked him about, you know, his comments. And then he said uh, about keeping the commandments. And the young man said, I've done that. Uh, all these have I observed from my youth. Verse 20. Is he still excited? He's thinking, yeah, I got that. I've done that. He's thinking, man, I'm close. And he was. And the Lord said, there's one thing that you lack. You need to go sell everything that you have. And you need to, I want you to distribute it to the poor. Read the rest of the passage and you'll have treasure in heaven. And take up the cross and follow me. He's calling him into the ministry. Are he listening? You come on, you come with me. You remember the rest of the guys that he said, come follow me, come follow me. That's Peter and John, Matthew, and Thomas. Is Jesus making something tremendous available to him? Should he have gotten all the more excited? Should he have said, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, I'll go right now. And should he have called his people, you know, if they'd have had cell phones, and, and said, uh, sell this, liquidate it. I don't care if I lose some money. I got to get out of it now and, and do this. And, and, and we're going to sell the house. We're going to do this. We're going to liquidate. And I want you to give it to this charity and give it to that charity. I want you to do it to that and do it. He could have had fun. Couldn't he? He could have had fun. Giving away, I don't know what he was worth, but he had a lot of money. Millions, I reckon, by today's standard, or more, I don't know. Could he have had fun giving millions away, feeding people, clothing people, housing people, getting medical care to people? Come on, are you listening? Could he have had fun? Is that what he did? No. No, it's not what he did. 
What did he do? Read it. Read it. Help me out. What did he do? He was what? Sad. At that saying. Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. They'll walk in the light of the Lord's countenance. He came glad. He left sad. What happened to him? He went away grieved. Grieved. Should he have been grieved? Did he have to be grieved? He was grieved for he had great possession. Is that a reason to be grieved? Because you got a lot of stuff? No. What's what's the problem? The problem is the reason Jesus told him to do this. Because it put the finger on what was hindering him. From going on into the fullness of the things of God. God's not against money or against you having stuff. He is against you being covetous. He is against you putting money in things ahead of him. And so he told him to do it. He didn't tell everybody to sell everything you've got and give it 100% to the poor. He never did that. He told him to do that. Remember Zacchaeus? The kids sing about, we little man, climbed up in the sycamore tree. Well, the Lord told him, he must have been excited. Climbing trees, wanting to see Jesus. This guy's running, hollering. Do you see excitement? Where's the excitement from? The light came from the word. It excited him. Zacchaeus climbing the tree. He's going, I'm going to see Jesus. There he is. There he is. He's looking at me. Okay, so he's climbing down the tree and he come to see Jesus. He said, yes, sir. He said, I'm going to come eat with you today. He's even more excited. Light, light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The one that walks with me, he won't walk in darkness. He will have the light of of life. So I mean Zacchaeus, he was excited. Now he's even more excited. And they're at the house in the middle of the meal. And I don't know if Zacchaeus did this smoothly or if he interrupted Jesus. I don't know what he did, but he popped up and he said, You know, everything I ever took away from anybody by lying and cheating and stealing, I'm gonna give it back to them four times what I took away. And I'm gonna give half of what I got to the poor. And Jesus said, Uh 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 hundred percent. No, he didn't. No. What did he say? Today, salvation has come to this house. Glory to God. Why? Because of the heart. And do you see, Zacchaeus didn't go away sad like this man. How many think he shouted the rest of the day and the next day and the next day? This is what this young man's looking for. He's looking for salvation. He's looking for eternal life. Zacchaeus got it. Why? The Lord knew there's no need to tell him that he had to sell the rest of it. Because his heart, you could see it. He would have done anything the Lord told him to do. This man wasn't willing. And when he heard what he came there so hungry and excited to hear, it made him sad. So many times... People look for the word, look for the word, look for the word. And then when it comes, they go, oh, 
Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I, oh, God. I, anything you want me to do, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Please, Lord, use me. Please, please, please. And then they hear the word of the Lord and they go, Ah, oh, there? With them? But I've got... And I'm doing so and so and I won't be through with this for the next four or five years and, and the kids and, and this and they're sad. He was sad and he went away grieved and let me say it like this. He left in darkness. Because when you refuse light there's nothing left but darkness. Hope you're listening with your spirit today. Person after person after person has heard the word of the Lord. Whether he just spoke it to them by his spirit to their spirit. Or he spoke to them through the Bible, the holy word of God. Or he spoke to them through another brother or sister or through a minister or in a service or whatever. And when they heard that word or they saw that, they got excited. They got excited. Sometimes they got so excited. And they knew they were supposed to do certain things. Remember, the light is not just to see by. What do you need to see? So you can walk. You need to see so you can walk. So you can do. And they got so excited. But then they didn't do it. There's a danger in not immediately acting on the word. You give the devil time and opportunity to talk you out of it. Are you listening to provide you with reasoning and excuses and every other thing? God speaks to us all. And he is endeavoring to lead us into his perfect plan for our life. Every God is faithful. He does not leave people just hanging in the dark, confused about where to go. The reason people are so confused and so sad and so depressed is the same reason this young man was sad and grieved that next week and that next month or that next year if he didn't change. Now, if that young man never changed, I don't know if he did or not, but if he never changed, how many understand he did not have a happy life after this? Because that money did not give him joy. The year next year and the next year, it did not fulfill him because his heart was hungry for spiritual things, wasn't it? His heart was hungry and he was called to the ministry, wasn't he? And the Lord said, come right on and help me now. You need to help me now. You need to get free from all of that and not have your mind on anything. And how many understand if he had sown all that and invested all that, would he have gotten a harvest Man, in this life and in the next? Yes. The Lord's not asking him to take a vow of poverty. The Lord was going to the cross just right away. But what kind of harvest could this, maybe the Lord called this young man to pastor or to travel and itinerate. But the harvest on all those millions that he sold into the poor could have come back to him a hundredfold in fulfilling a worldwide ministry. Couldn't it? So many things. And he could have lived well and had everything that he needed. You know how the Lord is. But he was unwilling. And so he just left and he was sad. It's a dangerous thing not to walk in the light that you have promptly. You give the devil opportunity and time to deceive you, talk you out of it. I was reminded of a 
Brother Kenneth Hagin, Sr., my father in the faith, describing how the Lord supernaturally healed him as a boy. You can see so clearly in his narration of it how light came to him and how the devil endeavored to take it away and in some cases was successful in his taking it away from him. How many remember Jesus talked about the sower sows the word and it was sown on different types of ground and on the wayside ground as soon as it was sown immediately the fowl came to what? To, To devour it up. To get it before it could ever get in and get results. The devil does that. That's why it's important when you get light and you get excited, do it now. Do it. Do Act on it. Do it. Don't play with it. Don't kid around with it. Do it. He said uh, some of the best doctors in the country had examined him and treated him and given him no hope. They said nobody in his condition had ever lived past 16 years of age in documented medical history. And when he was about that, you know, a couple of years prior to that, he started getting bedfast and bound. And, and he was, by the time he's 16, totally bedfast. He'd be in coma for days and going just like they said. Incurable blood disease, deformed heart. He was born prematurely and his organs didn't develop right. And, and so, uh, no hope. And uh, as a boy, though, uh, I guess he says as a Baptist boy reading Grandma's Methodist Bible in the bed. Bedfast, sick, no hope. Best doctors in the world said no hope. He came across Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He said he read that and he thought, huh, what, huh, what? I desire healing. I don't want to die being 16, never having lived. I want to grow up. I, I want to be married. I want to have a family. I want to have a life. And I don't want to die at 16. I desire healing. I desire well body. Can I really believe I receive it and have it? Jesus said it. Red letters. That's my words. He, he got excited, but he thought, you know, I'm just a teenager. I don't know much about the Bible. I'll get a minister to come explain it to me. <laughs> That can be a mistake. But he didn't know. And so his grandmother asked this minister to come and see him. And he never did. And asked another. And he never did. Another. Finally a fellow came. But that particular morning he had bad days. And he was, his tongue was paralyzed. He couldn't talk. And so the guy came and he tries trying to tell him. He's pointing to the Bible. He wanted him to get him to turn to Mark eleven twenty four, And he wanted him to explain that. Did that verse mean what he thought it meant? Now let's just stop right here. Did he get some excitement when he read Mark eleven twenty four? Why did he get some excitement? Light had came into him, and what did it do to his heart? What did it do? It, it caused his heart to rejoice. Is that good? Is that right? It's exactly what you need. When the light comes, faith is there. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And so he, he said he tried to tell him, but all he could say is his tongue was paralyzed, he couldn't get it out. And so he said, the guy just came and, and grabbed his hand and patted it and said, put on his professional preacher voice and said, just be patient, my boy. In a few more days, it'll all be over. Put his hand down, walked over into the living room, talked to his grandmother and mother about funeral arrangements for him. He said, even though the sun was shining bright, it was dark in that room. 
he thought, well, I just, you know, just wait to die. What had happened? Come on, listen to me now. What had happened to him? He was rejoicing. Now he's sad. What happened? This guy came in and told him something. And he let it put the light out. He decided what he got excited about. He was just excitable. But he didn't die. <laughs> and while he's waiting, waiting around to die. He got a little better one day or two. And he thought well. I'll read the Bible some more. And he came across James 5, 14 and 15. It said, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. He thought, whoa, Amen. if I could just find somebody to pray the prayer of faith. It says it right there. Excitement. Light. He said in retrospect of having walked with the Lord for, you know, 50, 60 years, whenever he was telling that, he said he looked back now, it was like a little bit of light coming through a keyhole. But when you've been in pitch dark, you're glad to see that, aren't you? And it excited him. And he said, but, he said, uh, the thought came to him, well, yeah, but if you could pray the prayer of faith. Now, I want you to listen carefully to how the devil works. He's not hearing audible voices. These are thoughts that are coming to his mind while he's laying there on the bed. He's excited. Glory to God. If I can just figure out how to pray the prayer of faith, or if I can find somebody that can pray the prayer of faith, I can be healed. Glory to glory to God. Glory to God. And he said, these thoughts came and said, well, now the apostles could pray that kind of prayer. But when the last apostle died, all that ceased. He had heard somebody else preach that kind of prayer. And so that's passed away. The Lord did special things to help establish the church and, and the apostles had that kind of faith. But you don't and no preacher you know knows that's been done away. He said again, light went out. He's just sitting there waiting to die. Are you seeing what we're talking about here, friends? Light, excitement, rejoicing, and then what? Sadness, grieving, darkness. So he said he just waited to die. But while he's waiting to die, he didn't die. (laughs) He thought he'd read some more in the scripture. And he came across Mark. About the woman that pressed through the crowd. With the issue of blood. And touched the hem of his garment. And you know, uh, immediately... Her, her issue of blood stopped. And she felt and knew in her body she was healed of the plague. And he got down and Jesus finally told her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. That phrase just jumped out to him. And he's thinking, yeah, but you know, the prayer of faith, uh, the last apostle that's been done away with. He said, a thought came to him. And not an audible voice, but inside him said, have you ever heard anybody say faith's been done away with? He thought, no, I never heard anybody say faith. He said, no. The voice said, no, and you never will. Because if faith's been done away with, there is no church. There is no salvation. And he read the phrase. He said, her faith made her whole. He said, have you ever heard anybody say faith's been done away with? Well, no. Well, if her faith would make her whole, your faith would make you whole. Oh, he said he got excited again. He thought, glory to God. Her faith, her faith. She's not one of the apostles. Her faith made her, if her faith would make her. And oh, he said he got excited. He thought, glory to God, I can be healed. I can be healed. 
And so he, as he was getting excited, he said a supernatural thing happened to him. To him, he said it was an audible voice. Of course, he's called to the prophet's ministry and these kind of things that he got from the Spirit of God later on. But he said to him it was a voice that said, uh, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. That's James. A little bit spooky, though. <laughs> and then he said he's sitting there thinking, well, I mean, he, he, he thought God was talking to him in an audible voice. He said he sat there so reverent. And, he thought, and then he said the voice came again and said, you know, from, quoted from the scripture, said, set your house in order. For this day you shall surely die. He thought. Well, God's told me I'm going to die. So he said, he, he said the sun was shining bright outside, but inside it was dark. Because he thought, well, God told me I'm going to die. That's it. Dark. Depressed. Hopeless. No light. But he didn't die. That day. <laughs> and the Lord eventually showed him other scriptures. About, you know, long life and about healing. And he realized, even though that was supernatural, it wasn't God. Are y'all with me, friends? Can you see, I I want to just give you a few of those because I think they're such good examples of how the devil comes. To steal the, anytime you get something good out of the word and you get light and you get excited, he'll immediately come. And go, well, well, hold on now, hold on. That's not talking about financial prosperity. Come on, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. I, now that's not physical healing. Hold on, hold, that, that's just for the Jews. That's just for that first dispensation. Oh, that, and oh, he gets all theological and all complicated and all, listen. If it takes away your light and takes away your joy, it wasn't God. I don't care how many scriptures they misquoted and twisted the devil quote scriptures. You know that, don't you? Certainly he does. No, listen to me. When the Lord speaks to your heart, even if it's correcting you, it's light. It gives you hope at the end of the time. Even if you need to make some changes, you can see good things afterwards. It rejoices your heart. Can you say praise God? Is there a danger of procrastinating and waiting when you get excited and rejoice about something the Lord said to you or shown you? What are you doing while you're waiting? You're giving the enemy opportunity to come talk you out of it. He told the story, well, I'm talking about him, of a man. This wasn't his meeting. Uh, but I'm getting a couple of them mixed up now. Anyway, a man was crippled in his legs, and he got healed in this uh, meeting. He wasn't from that particular kind of church, more traditional church. It didn't preach that and believe in that. But glory to God, he hadn't been able to walk. And he came walking down the sidewalk. And his neighbors about fell out their chair. And they thought, what happened to you? He said, I was down there at that, that wild Pentecostal meeting. And that preacher prayed for me. And, and I can walk. Well, ain't nothing but good about that. 
But he went back to his church where he and his family had gone for generations and and the pastor called him aside and told him, you know, that that stuff was of the devil. All that speaking in tongues and all that carrying on and healing stuff and miracle stuff. That Yeah, there was some spectacular stuff happened, but it was the devil and, and he wouldn't want to be healed by the devil. Oh, dear me. The devil ain't healing, folks. He's stealing, killing, and destroying. But you know, he went back home and he got to talking to his family about that. And he said, well, you know, I don't want anything from the devil. And they told him, you know, you might wind up lost messing around with this occult devil stuff. And you know, it wasn't but a matter of weeks. He was paralyzed again. And then people say, well, he never was healed. Oh, come on. Give me a break. The guy couldn't walk for all these years and he's walking down the sidewalk. Something happened to him. Right? Right? No. What happened? His own family blessed their hearts and his own preacher put the light out. I said they put the light out. They came and told him stuff that wasn't true and caused him to lose his joy and reject the light that had come in and changed his life. Does it matter who you listen to? Who you give your ear to? Oh, it matters. Oh, it matters. Some things you just need to hold up a hand and say, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I'm enjoying this. Leave me alone. <laughs> because you, you may not be as strong as you think you are when they start reasoning. And there's a whole lot of stuff you don't understand and you don't know. And it's your ignorance that can get you in trouble. Listen to this scripture. It explains when the light comes, joy comes up. But when lies come. The faith leaves. The joy leaves. Darkness enters in. Ezekiel 13.22 describes this. Ezekiel 13.22. 13.22. The Lord said to these people. He said with lies. You have made the heart of the righteous sad. Whom I have not made sad. He said I didn't make them sad. You made them sad. Why, how did they make them sad? Telling them lies. Lies. The the word, the truth gives light. Light gives life. Life quickens and rejoices. Lies darken. And the darkness brings depression. Do you see this? And depression results in loss. And death. Should you be sad? Should you be grieved? Or should you be excited about something the Lord showed you? And something He told Even if it looks like you can't see any way, anyhow, it could ever happen and come to pass. Should you still be excited about it? That's what faith is all about. That's what faith is all about. You know, we talked about Brother Hagin. And it was still months after that. That he was still bedfast in that condition. But eventually he got to seeing. That ain't right. That stuff that came to me. Those thoughts. That's not right. I can be healed. And he did act on Mark eleven twenty four, And by faith he claimed his healing. And pushed his paralyzed legs. He said they were like chunks of wood. That fell and hit the floor. And stood holding on to the bedpost. Saying I'm healed. I'm healed. Confessing his healed. He said the power of God hit him in the top of the head. Flowed over his body. He said his hips and his legs began to sting like a thousand pins because they had been dead. 
He said it hurt terribly, but it felt so good because it was feeling. Oh, hallelujah. And so next thing you know, he's standing there on his own power, praising God. And he preached the gospel for the next 60 something years. Glory to God. Why? Because he didn't believe the lies. And he didn't let any unbelieving preachers or kinfolks or devil or supernatural experience cause him to lose the light and the joy of what the Lord had shown him. He didn't just receive it. He walked in it. (laughs) And the miracles manifested. You and I are a part of it today. Our ministry is product of that ministry and glory to God and the same thing true in your life if you walk in the light that you have many will be affected by it. many will be blessed your immediate family your friends your co-workers because the light shines and spreads and infects others hallelujah in a good way can you say praise God stand up on your feet everybody Oh, the Lord's good. He is the light. He gives us light. Somebody say, thank you for the light. Say it again. Thank you for the light. Tell me what you should do with the light. Oh, you should receive it. You should rejoice in it. And you should immediately, without delay, put it into practice. Best way you know how. And as you take a step, even though you don't know much about it, you begin to try to put it in your life, try to do it. More light will come. He'll take you by the hand. He'll walk you right through it. He'll lead you right out of your problem. Right out of darkness into light. Right out of defeat into victory. Glory to God. Right out of death into life. You believe it? Hallelujah. Put your hands up. Close your eyes. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father God. For the glorious light of the good news of Jesus Christ. Any light... You've shown me in times past that I let be taken away from me. I failed to do it. I let it go. I let others talk me out of it. I waited and waited till I lost the joy of it. Reasoned and rationalized. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to show it to me again. Please. Afresh and anew. Help me to see it. That I can be excited again. This time. By your grace. I purpose. To hold on to it. Not let anybody steal it. And be a doer of it. By your grace. Thank you Lord. Put up your hands. Begin to thank Him and praise Him. Oh, thank You. Thank You, thank You. Thank You, thank You. Thank You, thank You. Thank You, thank You. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.